works. I don't. I don't see yeah. Is it? <laughs> Welcome okay. to the Get Off Step podcast. My name is Emily, and I think Joe's go. headphones got unplugged. Oh, is it a cat? No, but the headphone actually like pulled out of the socket. That was me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Just play the cat. Take the W. Yep, yep, yep. It was the cat. <laughs> Damn you, Figaro. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a video today of this guy. He was golfing somewhere, like kind of a... Uh, community course and there was a cat just laying on top mm -hmm. of the hole so he yeah. kind of chips it toward the cat and the cat does what cats do and just pounces and he still made yeah. par he wanted everyone to know he still made par but it was pretty cute <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work oh yeah they're like oh i think he's gonna i think the cat's gonna knock it in man i think it's gonna no <laughs> no <laughs> no I was like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> no, my hole. My hole. Yeah, it's mine. I live at the seventh. <laughs> All right. So uh, last week we talked about uh, bad advice that people get in the music business or just playing music. And we had so much bad advice. Yes, we did. That <laughs> people uh, are keeping us going for a second week straight. But I do want to say... Like when on the TikTok that I did of this, yeah. one guy said, this isn't bad advice, but this is good advice. And then gave some unsolicited advice. I'm like, you really missed the assignment, man. <laughs> Hold on. It's, it's it's like that gif of like the the joke that goes over and the guy's looking overhead like, where did it go? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll do a separate post about what's good advice and you can comment. And then I can decide <laughs> if it's good or bad. <laughs> exactly. All right. So I know you are the keeper of the list. So yes, yes, I am. I am the keeper of the list. And we have five remaining uh, things that are bad advice. Uh, plugins instead of effects pedals. You know, I don't think that's like intrinsically bad, but I, no. there, if you're either way, you're like, oh, you can do everything you want to do with plugins, which I know from... Uh, Russ from Emily and Russ. They hate, they both hate it. Yes. I think Russ especially hates it. I mean, plugins have, have their place. Um, yeah. especially in studio stuff, obviously, but oh yeah, I, it used to be, you know, the plugins were physical plug yeah. things that you plugged into racks and, yep. uh, yeah. So it's kind of, it, I mean, it's now they're just digital. Yeah, I mean, they each have their own place, to be honest, and I don't think, I think they're both valid, and like, one doesn't, and just, again, I, I think I said it last time, and it's like, if someone's doing something, they find joy in doing it, and they're doing it with effects pedals, and that's the way they like to, they're like, oh yeah, I stopped doing that, and you should be doing it with this instead, and I was like, that's still, yeah, that's still bad advice to me, because <laughs> I mean, if they want yeah. to explore it, fine, you know, that's great, but for me, like, I already come from a kind of like a profession where I'm staring at the computer so much already. Yes. And I really want to be it, having something more organic, like my hands on as opposed to click, click. I mean, yeah, it's just more of that than for me going through loads of presets, like into DAWs, like I'm deep diving in a DAW and, and getting lost in that. That's the reason why I don't really necessarily go too far into plugins because mm -hmm. I feel like it's, too much of a jungle to navigate and I may lose, I guess, creative, um, kind of like, yeah, losing the creativity in it, getting lost in all the preset controls. 
Yeah, I mean, when I record the bulk of the plugins that I use are kind of mixing style plugins, mm -hmm. uh, compression, limiters, oh, yeah. uh, EQ, because it's so nice. Like, even if you're using Easy Drummer, you probably want to have to have to put some compression on yeah. those drum those drums i don't really know jack about mixing or mastering drums so it's really nice for me to have that option to have that preset no of course and if yeah. you want to add if you're doing like drums like easy drummer or you're doing in a logic yeah you're going to probably add compression on it or if you want to add like a little bit of room to it a little bit of light reverb so it sounds like they're somewhat, I guess, uh, close to real drums as you can get. Um, or you're like doubling the track so that you have a dry track uncompressed and a track that is. I mean, it all, again, you're more time in mixing and making those decisions. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's one of those things where the, the correct advice lies somewhere in the middle, which <laughs> is whatever it takes for you to get the sound that you want, uh, mm -hmm. That's those are tools for you to use. You know, I, I think that there are just great uses for plugins and there are great there are fantastic plugins out there especially the instrument plugins that use samples like easy drummer i think is fantastic the benson mixwave app the mixwave chimera um plugin for i i just i use that all the time now i used yeah, to use my iridium I was about to mention that that yeah. you use that and not only do you talk so you know obviously enthusiastic about it but i've heard other people recently just in discords and stuff like that really love the benson and plug in and yeah. how great it is so i mean eventually probably i'll hop on that too <laughs> yeah it's like 180 bucks and it's totally it's worth every penny i mean, what's great for me is i used to use the iridium when i needed to do silent recording which mm -hmm. is often again i live in a townhouse and i record a lot of things in the middle of the day um yeah but if i like decided like i really don't like the EQ on that, or I really don't like the settings. I can't just go back. I can't, I can't just go back. But if I'm like with the Benson plugin, I can be like, mm, I kind of set the gain a little high on the amp. Let me dial Do it that after back. And post, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's one of the best things about plugins for me hmm. um, is if you think that you might want to fiddle with it later, mm -hmm. uh, you can, you, 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 you haven't written it in ink. It's you have an eraser. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think is the good side of it. I mean, again, there's pros and cons in everything. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the fact that in post you have a little bit more control if you were to use something, yeah, like uh, a Benson uh, or any kind of amp sim or something in, in after and post and recording it in. Yeah, I've had those times where I've recorded something in and something's been a little off, even though it was a good take. It was just something in the mix that didn't exactly sound right. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, I have to record that all again <laughs> on a different yeah. day. And it may not even sound the same. So yeah, yeah. I totally and understand. I, and I do that. I did that for a demo I filmed yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, oh, mm, I should have made the amp cleaner if I'm using mm -hmm. this pedal with it. And all I had to do was make it cleaner. And if I recorded it too loud, because I've had that moment of panic where I'm like, oh my God, I clipped while recording, remembered I yes. was using the Mixwave app <laughs> and like, oh, let me just dial back that output. The clipping goes away. It didn't exist. It wasn't real. <laughs> I've had, yeah, like, I've oh. had that recently. Yeah. 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 That's I, scary. That yeah. It, that's the thing. Like I have had situations where I hear clipping in my headset, but then like I'll stop it and I'll play it back and I don't hear it at all. And I was like, oh, it's probably slamming 
the the unit itself, but it's actually not in logic. So I've yeah. I've kind of coasted those lines of like, is it really? Is it really not? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm still in the green here, so probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I've had one or two demos mm -hmm. where I I clipped and had to release, and I just kind of acknowledged that there was clipping. But yeah. um, you know, that's why yeah, I tend to record things quieter. <laughs> Again, completely quiet, and with the even with the iridium, it was rare that there would be clipping. Most of the clipping occurs when like I can't fix it later. It's because it's uh actually these this large yes. man right here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of these two distinguished. <laughs> One of these two beauties. <laughs> yes. Oh, I reorganized my room a little bit. I don't know if you noticed the guitars are over here now. Yeah, hold and on. Now have... you just pointed it out, and I'm looking around, and I was like, "Wait, yeah, I remember some of that stuff being in different mm -hmm. locations." Is it better, I guess, as far as for you to navigate in the space while recording a demo, or? Um, well, these two amps had been in the hallway, which was a problem. So my little my little space I record in, it's like mm -hmm. eight by ten, maybe eight. Yeah, by I have like a small 12, I have eight. a small space too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I had stuffed a love seat in here that my husband and I had since we had our studio loft apartment. The love seat was the only semblance of a sofa that would fit in the space, um, and it was it was nice quality and it still a lot mm. of life left in it. So we kept it for a while. I would take naps on it. Nice. But as I started doing this and started getting kind of more things, uh, I've I've ordered like a wing back chair so I can still have a place to sit and lounge and maybe take a sitting up nap if I really want to. But again, I'm like my bed. My bed is just a walk upstairs. Yeah, so I don't know not that far. Yeah, mine's the other room no. right there. <laughs> no, so um, I moved the pedal steel over there, which mm -hmm. had been over here. Uh, these two amps had been in the hallway. These guitars had been right on that there. side. Yeah, right underneath. Yeah, so I just freed up a little bit more space. Um, no, it makes sense. And yeah, now we have a better pathway to like walk outside because there's um, I, I'm on the there's there's a door uh, <laughs> that we've just not been able to use. No. <laughs> yeah, that okay. one's off limits. Yeah, we don't we do, we see a door, but we don't we don't we don't speak. It is the door that shall not be named. <laughs> it's the window the cat sits in. There we go. When I'm working so uh yeah i did that and um my band booked a, a little halloween weekend gig on october awesome. 29th so it's um is this, I, did i talk about this last week my band i don't gig? think you did no so it's a big thing in seattle and i'm sure a lot of other places for on halloween bands will get together and they'll dress up Yes. As another band is in play covers of that band. <laughs> um, so my singer suggested, because the only cover we consistently would do live is Hey Sandy from The Adventures of Pete and Pete by Polaris. <laughs> uh, AKA awesome. like Miracle yeah. Legion. Um, so uh, she suggested Polaris. And I was like, well, they should bill it as music from The Adventures of Pete and Pete because people will recognize that potentially. <laughs> yeah. So Rick's playing bass and nice. um, we're playing like four songs. It's going to be at uh, Jules May in Georgetown on October 29th if you're in the area. So, yeah. Uh, how about you? I mean, we haven't talked in a day, so I'm sure I know, lots I happen. Know. a lot happens. Lot, a lot happens for me in a day here, another day in paradise. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we're pretty much starting to get, as we talked about, there's a hurricane kind of at my doorstep. So uh, we're starting to get the rain bands 
today. Um, it is still doing the wibbly wobbly cone of uncertainty before it hits. Uh, is that the official it, term? Uh, the cone of uncertainty. Yes, that's that's very much is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the joke all week of like, yes, my life in many ways, even after the hurricane passes, is still in a cone of uncertainty. Uh, just because they postponed taking my windows out for a week, because obviously hurricane, not so good. Don't do that. And I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad you came to your senses today on Monday. <laughs> what is that? What's this hurricane's name? I am not. Oh, uh, is it Ian? To know. I think it's Ian. I think it's Ian. Oh, I think this Ian. one's name is Ian. I think. I, I just wanted to, usually it's like, where is it? Like, whatever its name. Like, yeah, I just want to know where it is. You still got a lot of letters to go. This is very early at hurricane season. Yeah, I think it was yeah. what, Fiona, I think was the last one. I think it was. Yeah. Because I know Might my be. parents got rocked by Hurricane Matthew back in like 2015. Oh, I remember Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Matthew was a dickhead. Oh, yeah. No. Like as far as like, okay, you see where these shutters are here in the windows? It was myself, my uncle, like uh, Carlos and a few of my neighbors literally trying to pull this these shutters closed because they broke and it was Matthew literally barreling down as a category five at us. And it was all of us on the roof trying to close it. So since it broke, obviously in the action of getting it, it's remained closed. So that's why here's the backstory of the reason why I have shutters <laughs> in my window. <laughs> I've never even thought about it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. No, it's the one thing that I hate. Like whenever I'm filming, I was like, I so hate that I'm next to a window and there's shutters there. Like I wish I had more yeah. of like a back, you know, wall area like some of the other and you you do. So it's a little bit more of a horizontal as opposed to a vertical right. room. Um, a lot yeah. of people just record, but there are a lot of people who like their backdrop is a corner. Yeah. Not exactly. usually a corner with a window, but. Yeah. I mean, I got a small little area space. yeah <laughs> honestly i would do this in a corner if my room was accommodating for it but there's yeah. only one corner where it could work and it just wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> you're so, like that would be great but no <laughs> yeah that would be fine the wildest thing about matthew for mm. me was that about a year ago to the day matthew hit uh hilton head south carolina where my parents live and i got married mm. uh so a year prior to the day was my wedding like, if, oh my if, my, God. if my wedding had happened a year, a year later, later that same weekend, oh it would have been fucked. No, <laughs> totally. You would be like, There's, there goes the bridesmaid. <laughs> it would be like Mary Poppins. Like, oh. She's like taking off with an umbrella. <laughs> Our wedding cake topper just like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would be like, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West on like a bike, like going up. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. So that's my very selfish take on Hurricane Matthew. But yeah, yeah, it got a lot um, of work to go. Yeah. So we're pretty much kind of prepping here. We got some sandbags from a mom. They're basically in the lower. We're a little bit higher up, but even in the areas I posted on like the IG, kind of us driving through the streets already, we're starting to get flooding mm -hmm. there. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't get any worse than that but um yeah we'll see how it goes yeah, <laughs> I, the funny thing is yeah prepare for the worst yeah no of course and one of the things was i was talking to uh because i talked to some people on ig and who were else also in florida and i think i was talking to uh was it swamp witch petals and he was mm. like yeah the funny thing that i you know when you think about it the people say is waiting for a hurricane is like being stalked by a turtle. And I cackled so loud reading that. And I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. 
Hey, I, 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 I'll go against the turtle versus like, you know, an earthquake or anything that's like sudden and you can't prepare for. Like, I'll, I'll prepare for the tornadoes. Turtle. I grew up yeah, with tornadoes. Too, yeah. You can't prepare. Like, yeah. yeah. You're, I mean, we had weather radios and just like I have nightmares of that sound. Oh, that's us. Uh, yeah. 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 It did. Yeah, <laughs> but, it um, thankfully, like, we never got hit, but like some people in our community definitely were. Mm uh affected by tornadoes every now and then um yeah it does but you you gotta pick your poison like up here i'm like oh we're kind of overdue for an earthquake and a volcano explosion so on wood right now (laughs) (laughs) i would but my desk is made of bamboo which is not technically wood it is a woody grass i don't know Hmm. it's it's different (laughs) it's different i had to write an article about it and i wasn't allowed to call it a wood Oh no! <laughs> that's not, like but- yeah, that's 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 getting a little like uh, yeah, that thing right there. You can't call it that anymore, but it looks like it. <laughs> yeah, but you can't call it that. No. Nope. Um. So, what other bad advice do we have to dismantle today? Well, the other bad advice that we kind of have is uh, treat your band like a business. I mean, in some aspects, you kind of. I don't think that's bad advice. Um, well, maybe taking the joy out of it by making it too much of a business. It I can, guess. but I yeah. mean, you can you can have fun at work. You can have fun at businesses, but I, I think there's just there's an element of like, what do you want to accomplish hmm. with your music? And maybe it shouldn't be first and foremost a business. But if you want to like potentially protect yourself in the event that you have success, then then you should more or less treat it at least a little bit like a business. I mean, there are people who play music just to have fun and there are people who Mm -hmm. play music because they want to do this as a career. And if you want to have a career, there are elements of your band and yourself and your own performances that you need to approach with sort of a business mind in a lot of ways. And like it or not, it doesn't do people any good to bitch about the fact that, oh, now bands have to do social media and now bands have to do this. And you have to be good at music, songwriting, uh, recording, editing, uh, merch, um, taxes, booking, (laughs) mark, like, did I say marketing? Yeah, I think Uh, you said that maybe twice. (laughs) and And the thing is, you... That that's just the facts. Mm. And if you do get really successful, ultimately the band and whoever's the primary person at that band is responsible for the employment of others. Like yeah. you think about like what Britney Spears recently said, something about like she feels freed from the just crippling anxiety and pressure of her life being mm. responsible for other people making a living. And that's that's true. And Part of what I think can be good other than potential success about treating your band as a business is it, it, it makes you, I don't know how to say this, like want to protect people more and protect yourself a little bit more yeah. because if it's just fun, if it's just a family, there aren't repercussions when in reality no. there are. If you're an employer, you want to take care of your employees, hopefully. Of course. That's not a given. But hopefully you want to take care of, of course your employees you, you know, and your coworkers anyway. Ho- hopefully you care about people besides yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about a band, 
if you think about work and you hate work and you hate business and Mm. you never have any fun with it, then maybe don't have that mindset. But personally, like most places I've worked, especially in the past seven years, have been, I like the people I work with for the most part. Sometimes we get and have disagreements and we work Mm. them out because it's beneficial for all of us to work it out. If you treat your band as a family, like there are different pressures associated with that. Of course. If you treat your band as a friendship, and because it is, then, you know, if you, if a friendship's not working for you, you just end it. But yeah. that's not really any different from treating it like a business. If a, if a coworker's not working for you, you, one of you has to leave. Yeah. So, or you find someone else that better, better fits the role. Yeah. So ultimately, I just think it depends on what you want to accomplish with mm-hmm. your band. If, if really all you want to do is have fun don't treat it like a business. Just yeah. don't be surprised when like you can't ultimately make a, a living and nobody comes to your shows because you can't do marketing. Yeah. No word out there. No one knows. Yeah. But um, you could always hire other people to do that stuff for you. Yeah. Guess what? That's acting like a business. <laughs> it is. And that's mm-hmm. again, paying for people's time mm-hmm. and their yeah, expertise I mean, can- and everything. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it yourself or you can free up time and yeah, have someone else do it because uh you got to value things in life. If you don't like value cooking enough then to 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 make time to do it, then you're probably going to get a lot of takeout, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have passion in what you're doing, it's going to reflect and it's going to well. <laughs> How you spend your money shows what you value in life too, and that's true no matter who you are, what you're doing or what you're buying. Yeah. What do you think? Are there instances like, I guess I don't, the thing is like for some of these, I don't know what exactly this person's experience was that mm. made them think that was bad advice. Maybe it was like you said, it took the the joy out of things. Maybe. Yeah. Cause again, like in my looking at it, that's kind of the potential pitfalls one could mm-hmm. have. Um, I have seen, again, I guess it will go into, it'll bleed into the next one because I've seen as far as like uh, watching how my father does like a tribute band and he's done cover bands and things like that where they, where I live, there's a lot of, I guess, support for cover bands as opposed to Mm -hmm. original artists. Like there really isn't a lot of support. They don't really trust, you know, um, original work very much as far as like live playing and also in the way that I guess he conducts things. Yeah. There's the fun part about the show in which you're putting on an act and a performance, but yeah, there still is the business side of it and basically making sure that everyone does their parts. Uh, everyone is basically showing up on time, talking with the people who are involved, involved with multiple venues, you know, what is expected, you know, how are people paid? Like, how is the advertising how are they marketing this someone filming Mm -hmm. to obviously post later like there are a lot of things that are going on at the same time so it's a lot to juggle and it's sometimes when things start to go wrong or when you have uh either guitar players or people that are starting to give you problems then that can kind of buckle the process of everything that you have worked hard for and built up all of this show towards and yeah, that can cause a lot of stress um, because everything is riding on this performance that you are putting out together as a team. And then you Mm -hmm. have to think about, okay, I got to replace this person in the time frame before the show. Like, who am I replacing with this? We're already booked. Like, 
Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of stressors in the business side of it because once you're locked into a venue, it's basically kind of like backing out is very bad and very then your bad. reputation, like it, yeah, it's, yeah, that's how things can be really stressful, I think. And yeah, it is a business. If you start to have situations where management starts to either lax or you have problems with players within yeah, then it can pretty much suck the joy out of it and be a huge stressor. And then, of course, reputation damage. And how yeah. do you rebound from that? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a lot. I really like what you said about expectations because I think that's so important. And it's something that we don't we don't think about a lot until mm -hmm. until like someone has dropped those expectations. Yeah. I think that maybe saying it's like a business it just is a big turnoff for people but the truth mm. is when you have a job when you have a business you have responsibilities that you acknowledge should not be dropped and if you do drop them you know that there's going to be some sort of repercussion yeah from it. there's dominoes maybe not a big yeah. one maybe not maybe it's just like i sit down and have a conversation like like hey how can we make sure together that this doesn't happen again do you need more support in this way do you need more yeah. support in that way i wouldn't get that from family i probably wouldn't get that from friends like what happened with you yeah but when when you keep dropping the ball you are going to lose opportunities in the future because you can't be relied on it's like last week no. we talked about like you could be the best player in the city but yeah. if you're an asshole nobody's going to want to work with you no if, if you're you not are, reliable if, either yeah yeah, I we I mean we had good friends who we would invite to play shows with us mm -hmm. and they would cancel at the last minute. And after that happened twice, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, We are not inviting this person anymore. Yeah. Because it twice they put us in a bind in a row. Like, of you know, shame on me, shame on you, blah, blah, blah. However that saying goes. I'll George Bushify it. Yeah, exactly. Shame on me once, you know, fooled me. Shame on me twice. Was it no yeah. Twice, <laughs> but once shame. <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Shame on me, yeah. Because I should have known better. I I blocked that out of my you know memory. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think another thing about treating it like a business is like there's money involved in music, mm -hmm. and like like I've had I've played in bands where the singer was too shy to go and ask for our cut of the door, even though we filled the place. Yeah, because he wasn't able to treat it like a business, um, and no, we didn't I'd, get very far. Yeah, in in the last band that I was in, um, everybody's pretty much even. You know, just being the singer, I was also playing guitar, but they were looking to me to like do everything and also like negotiate and be the person that talks, you know, cuts and stuff. And I was like. I'm not the kind of person that does that. And, and I'm not really that great at it. I mean, I may come off as someone that's chari as charismatic, but that those situations are super high stress for me. Like I'm really not good at negotiating things such as pay and whatnot. And it always feels yeah. like, at least in the scene down here, like if you kind of either put the wrong price out or like if something happens, like you can completely like be cut out completely so it's very much it always feel it felt like a high stakes kind of thing of like what you say or what you don't <laughs> yeah and i think again i the the i think the most uh the biggest thing i want people to take away from this is that in a band you need to manage expectations with each other yeah. as soon and as often as possible because exactly like that if they were just assuming that you would 
take on those responsibilities yeah. because you were the singer, you know, it's good to sit down and be like, hey, here are the responsibilities I'm cool with, but here are the things I'm really not. Can somebody else pick this up? And if nobody, if people don't want to like, no, pull I try. their weight, then maybe they shouldn't be in yeah, the band. Yeah, that, that was the know? thing. Like, uh, I was trying to obviously have everyone on the same page always. Like, I try to be as structured as possible. And it just came a point where, you know, I was doing the marketing as well and trying to do things. And it was like, okay, you're asking me to do everything. And then when I, you are saying that I'm trying to take control of everything and I give you something in which you can have control of here, like do the recordings of what we're doing and again afterwards send it to me so then we can all be on the same page and then they don't do it. It felt like yeah. at times they were doing things intentionally, <laughs> like mm -hmm. to cause strife at times. And I was just like, I'm too old for this. Um, I mean, that's one of the yeah. things where like, yeah, if you treat it as a business, you're like, I quit. Yeah. Uh, at that <laughs> point, it's like, this is too much work and I'm doing everything. And when I try to give something to someone else, like, okay, like here, like you can do this. Like I'm not controlling of it. Okay, go ahead. Here's your shot. Like, and then yeah. they don't like, it's like, okay, this okay, is messing well. up what we're trying to do and work in tandem, like you have to be a team. And if you don't, yeah. then every, the wheels start to come off and then, yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not helpful. And I think the last thing I want to say about this is another mm. reason you should, I think, treat your band a little bit more like a business. You you probably shouldn't date people in your band. Mm. I, mm -hmm. I know people, I know that it works sometimes no. that for every like, Matt and Kim, there's a White Stripes or like five of them. Like no. there's a reason the, the Fleetwood Mac story is so, so famous. And does it work for some people? Absolutely. Yeah, some people it does, but historically. Yeah. And no. I'm like, I, I mean, and I'm excited for my husband to fill in, yeah. fill in, fill in for not, a gig. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think either of us wants him to be in a band full time. Uh, our no. the same band full time but you know at the same time if rick and i wanted to start a creative project together that's just something where we'd have to make sure we kind of separate it from our marriage i would love to start making music with with my husband but it would we would need to make sure it was separate because music is you, you get you get feelings feelings happen in in like what you're creating and sometimes feedback is really hard to take especially yep. at the top um yep. so yeah, maybe, you know, there's a reason that married people in a lot of companies are not permitted to work in like the same department. Yes. There's a reason you have to <laughs> declare to management if you're dating someone else at your company mm -hmm. and there's a good chance they might want to separate you. Just let's be honest, marital yeah. and relational relationship issues can bleed into everything. And yeah. that's just not, no, it's not can... worth it. No, I can agree on that aspect as well. Because again, like like you were saying with Rick, um, even though both myself and my partner, uh, Carlos, are both within the same field, we have different focuses mm -hmm. on what we do. And I mostly do all this demo stuff and music thing by myself because like anytime we do work on anything together, we end up butting heads more so than yeah. uh, working together per se. Um, so yeah, it was just added stress <laughs> like because I think it was yesterday there was something that um he was working on and he was asking me about a color and I was like well I'm kind of I'm kind of partially colorblind so if the color that he chose was like 
lavender, but like I saw more gray than like the purple that was there. And then we started to get into a heated discussion over what I could see and what he could see. <laughs> and yeah, when you argument. care about something that you've worked on for hours and the first response is someone like, that's not purple. What do you mean it's not purple? And then, yeah, <laughs> just go down him from there. Yeah. And I do just want to reiterate, yes, this works for some people. Yeah, obviously, some people it does. Like <laughs> Emily and Russ, obviously it's working great for them. Perfect. Yeah. There are some other people I know who <laughs> like occasionally work with their partners and that's fine. Yeah. Everyone's different and you're going to make your own choices, but you definitely need to be aware of the risks. Yes, and you need there to are risks. <laughs> make sure that you can set some ground rules and that you can respect mm -hmm. them. Yeah, of I don't course, know as long as there's respect. Really yeah. Respect yeah. and communication. I and mean, that's key in any any relationship and stop. Yeah. No, oh, I got you. That's uh, relationship the... advice. <laughs> Unsolicited. I've been married for eight years today, god damn it. It's my fucking anniversary. Today. <laughs> October Congratulations. 4th. You've made Thank it this you. far. I always tell that to Carlos. Congratulations. You've made it almost what almost twelve years now? Almost. <laughs> you guys have been together for twelve years? Uh, in February, it'll be 12. Uh, Rick and I all have been together for 11 years in November. Okay, you're a little year behind. Yeah. Go, just a good, year job. Behind. Golf class. Yeah, good job. I'm also, I'm 33. <laughs> God, sometimes I forget how, like, young I was when I met Rick. Aww. It's okay. <laughs> all right, let's stop that ring off that finger. Uh. <laughs> All right, the next one I will go to is, and I think this was one of the ones in the comments that you went back and forth uh, with one person <laughs> about the definition of, uh, you know, being yourself and don't be yourself or try to sound like anyone. If you aren't as good as, you know, X player, then you aren't good at guitar, like that kind of uh, advice. So was this the guy who said that, like, bad advice is to... Uh, Wait, I, I'm I'm confused about what he's. I've been confused if he said. I'll, br I'll that, bring it up. Yeah, on, let me see was trying because I, I screenshotted. Try to be your own guitarist. Do not focus on trying to emulate people. Is what he said is right. All right. So the bad advice is don't just fuss around with your own thing. Try to emulate the greats first. Is that? I'll I'll read you I'll I'll read you as it transpired. So all right, so just be yourself or don't try to sound like X. The only reason anyone plays guitar is because they heard someone else play something cool on guitar. That was oh, the original so, comment. So he is saying you should not focus on I guess what he's saying is it's bad advice to tell people to I'm. I don't. I really don't know what's happening All right, anymore. I'll, I'll continue you reading. What you said afterward was, on the <laughs> one hand, yes, but I still think it's good to find your own voice, unless you're happy, you know, just playing songs right, by okay. your favorites. All right. I I think that there are just so many words in that first comment. <laughs> there was. That, yeah. uh, it's all right. So, we 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 sort through it here. So the advice is to just be yourself, and he's saying that's bad advice. Hmm. That is kind of what I hear, and his his reasoning is hmm. that everyone plays guitar because they want to emulate somebody or heard someone play something cool. Frankly, I started playing guitar because my mom's best friend's husband played guitar, and I thought that was cool. No, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not Play gonna idolize yeah. Scott Hammond. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I you know, and I I 
definitely think that to develop your own voice, you need to learn the basics from mm-hmm. other people. Most of, of the time, like, listen, guys, I know there are exceptions to this. I know that there are savants who just pick up a guitar and they can do whatever. Those are outliers, though, really. <laughs> For most people, I think it, it I, on like, I agree with him in that I think that if you are so focused on doing your own thing, you're going to miss a lot of basics and you're going to miss a lot of potential influences. So yeah, I agree that you should absolutely sit down and learn songs, Mm -hmm. ideally note for note, that you like and want to kind of sound like. But at the same time, I don't really think most guitarists sit down and say, I only want to play like Santana. I only want to play Mm. like Eddie Van Halen. I only want to play like John Mayer. I think naturally everybody does want to find their own voice and their writing hopefully does. Yeah. I think when you're playing other people's music, it's not like you're going to become them because they are their unique own artists or musicians themselves when we had um you think about renaissance painters or anybody that painted part of their training was to emulate or to paint exactly like the people that they aspired to yet yes they learned the things that they needed to do by doing that but then when they were painting in their own style there were some influences by the people that they studied but All in all, they ended up finding their own style and becoming an artist in their own means. And I think that still applies also with music. I may like certain bands like, of course, like Ghost or like Thunder Pussy or like other groups of which I don't play music myself like that. But I do have some influences where there's certain maybe effects pedals that I know that they probably use that sound similar. And I like to use some of them on my board, but I may not use it the same way. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody who listens to this podcast by now probably knows that I really like Prince. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my playing isn't like Prince. I do sit down and I learn those solos and I learn some of those songs and those chords and those influences do sneak into what I compose quite mm-hmm. often. But for as much as I've played of that, you know, it's still, it's still my voice and, um, I I think that the ultimate goal for most guitarists really should be finding your own voice, but Mm. knowing it's not going to just happen because you are ignoring other things. Like I I think about this, this girl I went to high school with and we were in this poetry club together and she, she literally didn't want her poetry to rhyme ever because she thought it was cliched. So she wanted to come up with something completely new. I'm like, I don't know, girl. I think you got to start with some couplets. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think there's a reason that, like, a lot of the People best do poets, things, yeah. And, you know, a lot of poetry doesn't rhyme at all. And that's great. That's fine. But maybe that's, that's not – it's harder, I think, to write. So maybe you start with something a little bit easier. Yeah, no, I agree. And when it comes to poetry like myself, I tend to like the ones that rhyme. And when I'm writing, I tend to like to choose words that rhyme. But there's other people that just like, you don't have to. You can write 
whatever, and you don't even have to drive. And I was like, yeah, that's very them. free but form. I, yeah, but yeah, Plant very poetry. free form, very like you know spoken word at times. Also, like in some music, and I was like, that's cool. I can appreciate it, but it's not me. I like to kind of tie things together with each line and have some kind of like subtext. Yeah, and almost gives it more closure in ways too. Yeah, yeah. So I think. That's just like, I think that's the theme with all of these mm. is like, the, and we said this last episode, the yeah. truth lies in the middle. Yeah, awesome. I think, again, in any kind of conversation that we've gone to, like, yeah, there's a little bit of truth in it, but, you know, uh, overall, I mean, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last one that I have, and this was also from uh, Topa Effects, um, and they were told this. Um, Lose weight, have someone better looking in your band, make your bandmates cut their hair or wear certain clothes to meet an aesthetic look in order to, I guess, make it or be noticed. You got to look hot to play music. (laughs) Did you know? Did you know? It is going to make you, you're going to be easier to sign if you're attractive. Of course, yes. (laughs) But you don't need to. No. You don't need to be those things. You you have permission to go play music and do things. You have permission. Yeah. You you have permission to not be skinny and play music. There are more. There's more than one musician who's not skinny. Yeah. I mean, fine. I know I know Adele lost a lot of weight, but yeah, she had so much success before she lost that weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't really a hindrance to the fact that her music was astounding. There are a lot of black women, especially who don't have like a traditional Victoria, like Victoria's secret model body. And they have a lot of success. No, exactly. I mean, Lizzo's beautiful. I mean, that's Lizzo is beautiful. Lizzo. Hmm. Yeah. Lizzo's a perfect example. I don't know how that one didn't. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Yeah. So it's like, is it easier? Probably, but it's like, sometimes you will need to work harder and be better if you don't have that frankly crutch to to succeed on Mm. and the thing is like most people are attractive enough and that's maybe a weird thing to say i think it's subjective too though like obviously you have hollywood's idea of what is or whoever obviously is writing the checks in music like whatever i guess they think is but again it's subjective i mean what some people may find attractive like to me just isn't but i'm not the mass a amounts of, of people. A lot of people don't like Rihanna's because they think her forehead's too big. Oh and my god! Really hot, really hot. But you know, I also no, think that your attraction to people grows depending on how you perceive them in general. Like yeah. you may not think someone is super hot when you first meet them, but then as you get to know them, you, you think that they're beautiful. And mm-hmm. this happens a lot. Honestly, like attraction isn't like I'm. A, I think you're attractive and stuff. Someone can become. Someone can be like, uh, like categorically attractive, but if they have an, a garbage they're, personality, yeah, they're, they're not like you know a wall of personality, like a white wall. Like that's not gonna happen. Yeah, in the end, it's. I think that most people and <laughs> this who, who like I think of when I think about music. Mm-hmm. They are some level of attractive just naturally, maybe it's just because they're younger or yeah. whatever, but you know, it's not the most important part of music. No. It really isn't. No, it's not. <laughs> no. 
I ne- I would never tell somebody to lose weight. No, or I would yeah, no. get plastic surgery or nope. change their hair in music. Give me a fucking break. It's not the most important thing. If your music is phenomenal, you don't you can look like Lyle Lovett. No one thinks Lyle Lovett is hot traditionally. No. But he married <laughs> Julia Roberts. I mean, sometimes it's just having a good sense of humor and being charismatic. I mean, that can go a long way, too. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, being charismatic. Yeah. I don't think Brad Paisley is traditionally hot. And he the reason he got his break is because, frankly, he was such a nice guy. Like he was being he was doing the thing as a songwriter. He was such a nice guy. People thought, well, give him a shot on yeah. the front of the stage. And he did. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him now. He's very famous. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> and he's again, I don't for the record, I don't think my co alumnus, Brad Paisley, is unattractive. <laughs> but he's not as traditionally as attractive as somebody who can maybe be successful on less talent. Um, I'm not gonna name names in that genre. No. But there there is there are singers in in his genre with whom he has been nominated for the same awards who have a, have a range of like one and a half octaves and sing like Muppets. If you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Going through fork here. Yeah. So that's, that's where it is for me. Um, People will tell you it's more important than it is and they're just wrong. And again, it, no, it's not no, unimportant. You look at so many band photographs, by the way, of these big bands. And yeah. Maybe the singer is hot because the singer works on themselves <laughs> more. You look at the other people in the band and you're like, huh, I've never really noticed them before. <laughs> They're maybe not as hot. I don't know. Is Chad Kroger hot? I don't know. <laughs> Let me look at Nickelback pictures. Oh, my God. Look at this photograph. They're a very famous band. And if you look at them, like they have a certain, like, especially early on, you just had a mm-hmm. certain look, like a beard can hide a lot on a man's face. Oh yeah. The rest, like they're just, they're re- I find them to be very average looking men and I don't, that's not a dig. They're just not. Like, yeah. I mean, not, the, mu- the music is more like what's important to be honest. <laughs> it is. And they're in music connected with people. Uh, I'm sure women very much love him. He's Notably. not everyone's cup of tea. Like, but that's the thing, guys. They, they always say guys go for looks and girls go for status. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, shitty advice. Thank you yeah, that was, that for was, providing yeah. a black and white. Sh- that was bad. <laughs> very, very bad. Um, just, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that was definitely one of the ones I think was worse. That's why I saved it for the end. I was like, that's definitely a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I just saw a message about something that we talked about on the podcast a long time ago. Oh, I no. didn't know it's still a thing. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wish we had, let me see if there's any more of that yeah, bad see, advice. Yeah. See if you see any other missed. kind of bad. You, there was, there was another one that someone said, uh, I guess. Go to full I'll, sale in Florida to learn the music business. Oh yeah. I saw someone did that. And I was like, ah, oh, you went full knowing the cost, I guess, of that that full sale and i was just like yeah that probably was a bad idea <laughs> i don't know full sale for the music business program i mean i studied music business in college mm. at belmont which is a renowned program 
And I even think maybe not the best choice I made in my life. Um, oh, start on acoustic, not electric. Oh, I yes. Hate that. Yes. I, Stop yes, it. I agree with that. <laughs> I don't know why we start kids on acoustic guitars. They're harder to play and they're not as fun. Yeah, and I mean, plus you, you can plug an acoustic guitar, electric guitar into a headphone amp and the parents don't have to hear the kid anymore. No, of course. And again, like I started on an acoustic instrument and I found that when I was evolving into playing an electric it is definitely not the same. It's like almost like I had to start over in some ways again and learning a completely different way of playing over how I played the acoustic. It was interesting. It's it's extremely different. Mm -hmm. um, if you want, I think most people should probably learn both. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I feel like we do kids a big disservice by starting yeah. them on acoustic instruments. It hurts more. The strings are thicker than they can be and on. And quitting, yeah. Mm -hmm. And in classical guitar, like most kids aren't, they don't play guitar because they want to play like flamenco style. Maybe, maybe, like I think the best teachers will have a first time student and be like, what do you want to learn today? You yeah. want to learn a, let's, let's, let's leave this lesson learning a song that you like. And that's what's going to hook kids. Yeah. No, I agree. If they're going to spend hours on something, it's going to be something that they enjoy listening to and can listen to over and over and over and over again while they're learning it. Whereas they're listening to some piece that they don't have a connection to and they're like, why am I learning? They don't have enthusiasm for it. They're yeah. definitely going to not be as into it and end up, well, dropping the habit. Yeah. I mean, can we stop making kids learn green sleeves for the love of God? Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Like I get it's probably got some important lessons, but if you can't if you can't find those lessons that you can learn from green sleeves from something else, you're probably just not a good teacher. Sorry. Mm. But um yeah, I mean it's guitar didn't click for me and it wouldn't have been exciting to me if I hadn't been able to quickly learn some third eye blind songs. Because I I really liked that band when I was 10 when I started yeah. playing guitar. And so that I could learn how to play jumper. Yep. And a couple <laughs> other songs, like immediately, you know, songs that I didn't have the context to lyrically. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like you hear them now and you're like, hey, step up on that ledge, my, my friend. friend. You could cut ties with all the light. I was and like hearing it now and I'm just like, wow. wow. I'm, I'm getting the subtext a little bit more in my older years now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely about an unaliving event. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> as the kids say on TikTok. It's, it was so catchy at the time when I was a kid. Oh, it's a very catchy song. Let's be real. Throwing oh, yeah. Blind wrote some really great songs, even if Steven Jenkins is a not nice person. <laughs> no one owes anybody else to be a nice person, I guess. But no. still, you can try. Um <laughs> You should try to work in an industry you're passionate about is mm. bad advice. Mm. You know, my day job is tangential to the music industry, probably more so than tangential. Like I do copywriting for MI brands and pro and consumer audio. I love it. You know what? It's a lot better than writing about Palazzo pants, how to grill hot dogs. <laughs> oh my and God. so I wrote, how to wear palazzo pants, how to grill hot dogs. Um, I wrote for an insurance for CPA company. Uh, I wrote for a conference calling company. I, that was so boring. Like I learned a lot of random stuff, but it was so 
<laughs> so, so next time I go to a grilling event, I should ask you about hot dogs. I don't know who's Googling how to grill hot dogs, but apparently more than like 500 people a month. (laughs) I can pull it up right now, but I'm not going to. (laughs) don't. Uh, Yeah, no, I wrote that. Now I get to write, you know, stuff that's actually interesting to me and it makes a really big difference. Um, No, it does. At the same time, the music industry especially is um, tough because it's so passion driven that people will, at least starting out, work for nothing. Very little money. Like I knew in 2011, someone who worked for an artist agency, I think she was paid like $28,000 a year, 23, something very low. I was paid $33,000 a year starting out um, in live event marketing in 2011. And uh, it was it was a struggle to survive on that amount of money back then. Yeah. When, yeah. No, sure I agree. Even reason. even for me. Yeah. Like uh, I think when I worked at a corporate office in 2007, I think, I think it was at about 32 at that point. And of course, my career is in what art and what I'm passionate about. So again, still for me paying bills and everything like that was not even at those times great to survive on. <laughs> No, I once got the advice that the thing about the music industry and like going into the business side of it is you struggle for 10 years and then you suddenly get an enormous pay increase and status increase. You know what? I don't believe them. I'm gonna, it's I'm not gonna, true. Well, anybody who's watching, I'm just going to do the Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where? I mean, I've gone years without raises in the music business and live events. Yeah, I've had situations where I've asked for a raise and then I've gotten consequences for asking for said raise. And then my employer then obviously treated me different because I asked. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I remember asking for um, a flex day the weekend after working an event. So Hmm. I worked, I was um, non-exempt, so I was salaried. Yeah, I know what that's like, yep. So I flew to an event on like a Wednesday and worked the whole weekend. And I Mm -hmm. think I flew back Monday morning or Sunday night. And I asked my boss if I could get a flex day just to like decompress because it was too much because it was too much work because essentially I was where I worked two weeks without a day off. And he said, no, because that's fun work like fun work i fucking got punched trackside by a photographer for blocking a shot what was fucking fucking fun about that it was 90 it was 90 degrees outside my ears are still ringing from the f1 cars i got food poisoning at x games i spent i was responding to angry tweets from people who weren't allowed who were being told they weren't allowed to bring in breast milk to x games while i'm just like barfing in the toilet at the press center what fun all the while i'm trying to like unstress the woman I'm working with because she's about Holy to go shit. off the handle on Holy people on social shit. media. So I'm like talking to her, trying to calm her down, yeah. run to the bathroom, having food poisoning, then oh like going God. outside and capturing pictures of the event, coming back, uploading them, working until literally midnight or later and showing up at 5 a.m. Oh, like they gave God. me one shirt for the weekend and I would have to, it would get so sweaty. I would try to, like I'd wear it in the fucking shower. And <laughs> just to wash it? 
Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> it was so oh, gross. Oh my God. Poor thing. <laughs> Ring it out and like blow Put it back it. on. Back to go back. We'll be like, <laughs> back into the gauntlet. Fun. And now I would be like, you know, that's wage theft, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's not, that's pretty toxic uh, business practices right there. Yeah. Poor kid. <laughs> Remember that right to work states plus uh, non-exempt does not mean that they can work you for 60 hours a week. Yeah. Without like paying you more. Uh, so check on the uh, the workers' rights in your state if you are being told that even though you worked all weekend, you cannot have a flex day. That's probably illegal, and I bet the state would love to hear about it. Mm, don't work in Florida. <laughs> I was in Tennessee, so I can't imagine it was a ton better, but I later looked it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm actually oh, yeah. shocked that was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, there's so much illegal in Florida. Like, not as only is, like, the salary the lowest, but, like, also, like, all the, like, toxic shit that goes on. So, yeah, I mean, we could make our own podcast out of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I could write my book with all the shit I've seen and gone through. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess getting back to that, I, the the bad advice is if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That's what I think about when I think about that because mm. um, that's wrong. It's just wrong. And then all you're no. doing, then what you like to do turns into just your job. And that isn't always fun. No. Some people like it, but some people, yeah. sometimes you just want to have, sometimes you want your hobby to be your hobby. Of course. Yeah. I mean, for me uh, on my end, because essentially I, am the person that they're speaking on that did I was always very good at drawing and very good at art mm -hmm. so therefore that's what I did as my career and obviously all through the difficulties of choosing that path it's very difficult the fact that you're working and doing things for your employer and what they want and what they obviously think is more important than what you have and people don't listen. And it's very frustrating when your passion is your job because you care too much. Yeah. And then it can take all the joy out of it. And I even had a point in which I tried to get out of graphics and go in a completely different field. I even went back to school at one point uh, to try to go into like either physical therapy or something else where I felt like I could help people versus just trying to fucking sell products. Like, yeah, I hated, you know, what what I was doing and what it was going towards. I didn't feel like I was making a difference. I was at that point in my life where, you know, where you get to find like, I yeah. want to do something that makes a difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just got to the point where now it's like, you know what, that's of course with my demo channel, I'm now using something that I'm doing for myself and what I know and love. And I'm using it for that rather than getting burnt out doing it for my client. That work is separate, but that's why I said you can get burnt out. You can eventually become bitter and hate the thing that you love and then hate staring at a screen all day. So therefore when you yeah. come home... Yeah, like it's hard to then go back and stare at a screen. Like we're talking about the plugins and things like that. Like it becomes hard to then go into your hobbies because if yeah. it's an extension of something you already do as a job, it's incredibly dif difficult to still maintain passion and to not, yeah, kind of lose it. And yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's that's all so true. And I think it's just important to know the risks 
Mm-hmm. Burnout of the thing you love is a big risk. Yep. Losing all of the mystery surrounding the thing you love is kind of another risk. After you've worked festivals for a long time, you're like kind of constantly looking oh. at the background and what the vendors are doing and yeah. um, all of that. And you're kind of making judgments based on it, even if you're trying not to. It's like if you work in a restaurant, you kind of notice you're more sympathetic to, but you kind of notice bad service a little bit more mm-hmm. or like, oh, you're not supposed to do that like that kind of thing. Yeah, so that's another I thing notice to things too. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll notice things about either logos or like in any kind of marketing stuff that I'll see that's been printed or done in a certain way, or even sometimes Copy. with videos. And I was like, I kind of know what kind of happened when I see something kind of is off, or something happened where something went out when it shouldn't. I was like, oh, I wonder what the client did that angered that person. Oh yeah, that was making that's- that yeah. <laughs> When I when I see an email that goes out with like the like merge text doesn't work. So when you write yeah. an email for those who don't know, mm-hmm. if you get ever get an email that has like your first name in it, it's because mm-hmm. there's something called merge text where they put in a snippet of code that's probably like uh, it's probably colon tall slash f name tall slash colon. Mm-hmm. And um, if their database isn't correct or they put the code in wrong and they didn't put up a backup, it's gonna it's, that's why it spits back weird characters sometimes. So whenever I God. see that or like an email mm, that says correct yeah. link in it, I'm like, oh, my God. No. Or like a second email that. or a third email and you're just like, no. <laughs> I always hope – I'm like, I hope you didn't get yelled at too bad for that. I really do because oh. like I'm sympathetic. Mistakes happen. Um, no, yeah. bad, write, bad writing I notice a lot more. Um, yeah. And also I, I know when yeah. it comes to some kind of like graphic, like you said, like when an email or something goes out, sometimes it's actually you're trying to do the best you can, but your client is coming back with so many last minute requests that it becomes overwhelming to try to either get them all or like there's a deadline and everything's crammed a lot and things can squeak through. So yeah, I, I understand how that can yeah. happen. So I was like, oh, something, something happened there. Poor, Man, yeah, I, I remember I, I, I feel- once... <laughs> I remember once, like, we kept, like, we were working with someone else to do this big graphic-heavy email that still mm-hmm. would work with if you had images turned off. I don't know yeah. why we felt the need to, like, make it a big graphic. It was stupid. Mm-hmm. And I really implore people to not do that. Don't do that. But we don't kept sending, that. like, edits back to the people who, like, were creating the image for us. Like, there's a copy error there. There's a copy error there. And it just, they, there was one copy er- error. They spelled someone very important's name wrong. And we sent it back three times. But there were yeah. so many revisions and sending back that eventually like, it was okay and the next one is okay and the next one. And the last one they sent us like, oh, they must have gotten everything because we were only looking for the changes the from change. that last yeah. round of revisions. Exactly. Not previous. They had, they had reverted back to his name being spelled wrong. It went out to 80,000 people. One oh, of the I... most famous drivers in the sport. His name was spelled wrong. He was, it was, it, it was, it was, he was, he was mad. And so oh, everyone I would be, yeah. Like, that's, I was that's shocked we didn't get fired as an agency for it. But it, you know, it's one of those things like 10 people that's see happen, it. And yeah. That's why I said people, when it's last minute. Yeah. And when it's going back and forth like that, then, oh, go back to another revision and then something can be misspelled. Yeah. No, I've been, I've been in the room when those type of things have happened and they can't happen. And oh my God. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> The last bad advice I want to talk about is uh, 90% of the advice on TikTok is bad. You know what? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> is that with or without lip syncing? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So everybody out there, thank you for sending those in. Would love to do something like that again. If you have other ideas of things you'd like us to crowdsource, let us know and comment on the video or something if you're watching on YouTube um, or drop a comment on Instagram or something. But yeah, um, please subscribe on whatever you're, wherever you are watching or listening to this. Um, Like it. Comment on it if you can. Leave a review on iTunes, please. That really helps more than you would believe. It helps more than a lot of things. Um, we have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop. We have a Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash getoffset. Link in video description. If you pay at least five bucks a month, you get access to our exclusive Discord server. Um, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did I miss anything? I'm not going to say um, your line this time. Yeah, I was about to say it. I was like, don't you dare say it this time. <laughs> well, uh, and it, like I said last time, uh, anybody that wants to sponsor the podcast, you know, if you want to plug in your that. product or do anything in particular regarding that kind of form, I am very creative. So, I mean, I would very much probably like to uh, do some sort of situation in which I'm creating scenarios in which your product or thing may come in handy in someone's dire need <laughs> and uh, they will think of you hopefully in those times because of said sponsored moment that we may have if you happen to take the risk and uh invest in us (laughs) (laughs) i love it well um yeah to everyone out there thanks for either watching or listening thanks for understanding until next time my name is emily i'm joan of goodbye goodbye